Hello, welcome to another episode of Our Athletes. My name is Michael Raziel. This is the show where I interview Olympic athletes and hopefuls on their story and path to the Games. Today, super, super cool interview. We have Morgan Kraft. She's of USA Shooting. She gets to tell us all about what it's like um, going to the Olympics, doing some of the incredible things she's doing, you know, being on the USA Shooting team and how, you know, what she what she's been able to accomplish so far and at such a young age, I think is just super, super cool. So Morgan's very relaxed, very interesting to talk to. You'll hear some of the things that she has to say. So I hope you guys enjoy it. But other than that, guys, Morgan Kraft, one more time, Olympian, USA shooting. Hope you guys have some fun. All right. Another special guest. I mean, they're all special guests. We've got Olympians. Isn't this incredible? We got a special guest, Morgan Kraft of USA shooting. Uh, Morgan was born May 11th, which I told her already is my mom's birthday, 1993, which was not the year my mom was born in Muncie Valley, Pennsylvania. Uh, she started shooting at age seven and started international skeet, which is her specific discipline or event at age 14. She has won gold at the 2014 USA shooting national championships. She won gold at the 2016 world cup. She won the 2015 World Championships, and the World Championships was actually the the event that qualified her for the 2016 Olympics, and might be confusing, because it is to me, and we'll have Morgan explain all that to us. And Morgan actually just recently graduated from DeSales, Universities with, DeSales University with her master's degree as of recording like two, three weeks ago. Um, so now it is Master Morgan Craft, and she is training to become a physician's assistant. So we appreciate you putting in that energy and time, because um, that's not something I'd be able to do, so that's why we have people like you on this so Morgan we appreciate everything you've done and everything that you're going to be doing so thank you for joining us today we appreciate it oh thank you so much glad to be here love it love it love it um so Morgan you know as I told you already I mean that's a really short intro if you don't mind kind of filling us in on some of the details and uh telling us a little bit about your story sure um so we'll start at the beginning um how I sort of got into this sport um my grandparents and my parents have always been um, very um, into the outdoors, into shooting, into certain, you know, um, conservation organizations. So I just kind of grew up in it. And uh, the local program called 4-H, um, it's a nationwide program. And that's actually how um, I got started. So I started shooting 22 rifles um, at age seven. And, and then at age 12, began to try out shotguns. And then at age 14, I saw someone shoot Olympic skeet, which was a completely new concept for me. And it looked very challenging. It looked very interesting. And I tried it out. Uh, went to my first national championships in 2008. And a year or two after that, uh, made the junior Olympic team. And then the junior um, national team and then worked my way up to the national team, the open team. So it was just kind of this progression over the last 10 years. Um, and then I think I shot my first world cup in 2011 or 2012. So, wow. So you were relatively young. What, how old were you? Like 15? Um, Does that math yeah. make sense? So I'm 25 now. My first world cup would have been, Oh, about 18, I think. 18? Yeah. Oh, that's bad math yeah. on my part then. Whoops. No, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I but went I've to been... public school, so it's okay, right? <laughs> so, um, yeah, yeah. I've been to uh, all, sorts of, all sorts of places the last several years from, from Mexico and, and Brazil and Peru to, um, let's see, Serbia, 
uh, to Cyprus, to Spain. So I've been very lucky as far as I love to travel. And uh, we've had several different World Cups um, in several different really awesome places. That is, that is super cool. I mean, you get the yeah. opportunity to do something you love travel while doing something you love, uh, you know, Absolutely. shooting. So I think that is, that is super cool. So if one thing you can do for, uh, and thank you very much for that. We appreciate, I always love you guys here, uh, you guys and girls telling us your story. Cause I do think that there's always, and I've, I've done this enough now to find that there's like one occurrence during someone's life that kind of completely changed the path. And it sounds like maybe you were on a path already, but going to that 4-H fair, which I actually just went to two this past month. I love going to them. They're so much fun. Um, uh, But going to this 4-H fair and seeing this other person shooting Olympic ski was kind of your foray and and your your, uh, opening into this specific type of shooting. It seems like you've been shooting for a long time at this point. But just seeing that happen, um, I think it's super cool that, you know, if you just turned left instead of right that day. If you, if you right. went down a different path and you might not have, not have seen this, you know, everything could have been a little different. So I think that is, uh, it's super cool. Super cool. I always love hearing little parts of stories like that. So if you don't mind actually explaining what Olympic skeet is and how it might different, differ from like when I go on Thanksgiving into someone's backyard and we just start slinging uh, clay pigeons and shooting them. Could you give us a little uh, explanation, I guess? Sure, yeah. Um, first, I'd like to start kind of um, back at the beginning. So USA shooting is comprised of um, three different um, disciplines, I guess. So um, there's pistol, rifle, and shotgun to start out. Um, Those are the different types of guns. Those are the um, types of firearms. So I shoot a shotgun. And then within shotgun, um, the different events include trap and skeet. All right, so skeet, um, there are eight different stations uh, aligned on like a half circle. So that's what our field consists Mm -hmm. of. It's like a half circle of eight different stations um, with two, they're called the high and the low house, two places where the targets are released from, okay? So there's there's, um, machines called traps inside these houses, um, and they release um, the orange clay disc, the clay pigeons, um, upwards to like 62, 63 miles per hour off of, um, the arm. They, they obviously, they slow down as they, um, you know, come across the field, but off the arm, that's how fast they're coming out. (laughs) So they're pretty speedy. Um, and then a round consists of 25 targets. So every single round you shoot 25, that's it, 25 shots. And basically the person who hits the most wins (laughs) easy um, enough yeah so uh the rules have changed over the last couple years but right now um you shoot five rounds for a total of 125 targets and then um the final the top six go into a final and it's kind of like um elimination so everyone shoots 20 targets and then um, adds on their score and whoever has the least that person drops out and then you shoot 10 more and then the lowest person mm-hmm. drops out yeah so um so that's how first second and third is determined very cool very yeah. cool thank you for that i appreciate it and you actually gave a very nice visualization high house low house got this arm just slinging because yeah i mean uh, for um i don't know for probably a, a significant portion of my life every 
Thanksgiving, we'd go to my dad's friend's house and we'd just have some guy and we'd say, pull and he'd step on, I'm assuming that, that, uh, that contraption and it would, it would throw out and, uh, you know, we would, we would have a little bit of fun with it. So that was always a good time. Um, so it's pretty cool how you turned it into, uh, into a little career there for yourself. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty interesting. And I mean, I've seen some guys that are good, but I'm assuming, you know, you being on the Olympic level, um, <laughs> I can only imagine what it looks like when you're, when you're out there in the zone. So thank you very much for that. It, could you also explain to us how the qualification process works to get into the Olympics? Cause as I um, kind of alluded to in the, in the opening, you won the gold of the 2016 world cup, but that didn't actually qualify you. It was the 2015 world championships that actually qualified you for the 2016 games in Rio. Right. Um, so it can get a little complicated, <laughs> but so, and I, and I believe actually this quad that it's changing also. Um, but for me last quad, um, so what happens is every country has to own, has to earn their quota spots mm-hmm. um, at the World Cups, World Championships, et cetera. Okay, so we were able to get both of our women's ski quota spots. Okay, so the U.S. is able to send two. And that's the max. Um, in our in in the U.S., the way we do it, um, one woman was chosen via the point system and one is chosen during the Olympic trials. So I earned it via the point system, which begins, let's see, the 2014 world championships, I believe Mm -hmm. it was. Um, Depending on what competition it is, so whether it's a world cup or a world championship, um, and if you medal, you get a certain number of points. Okay. So the more you medal at the World Cups, the more points you get. Okay. And then um, you have to reach a certain threshold of points. And then whoever has the most wins the spot. <laughs> so um, me and my teammate, Caitlin Connor, um, throughout 2015, we, um, we both did exceptionally well. Um, I didn't place outside of the top eight the entire year. Um, it was a really great year for me. Um, so I earned the the correct amount of points. And at the World Championships, um, Caitlin and I both had the needed amount of points. And it actually came down to um, the very final uh, shoot-offs. So um, her and I took gold and silver. So it was a, a very, very... Um, high pressure, <laughs> very fun situation um, for us both to be, you know, not only taking gold and silver at the World Championships, but also vying for this Olympic spot. And uh, so it literally came down to like the last um, pair during the final. And um, I took I took the gold and she took the silver and, and I, that's how I earned my spot. But that's awesome. Yeah. It was. I mean, obviously, it's awesome for you, of course, unfortunately <laughs> for Caitlin. But so, so actually explain that dynamic a little bit for us. Like you, it, because it's an individual sport, I mean, you have teammates, but at the same time, you're competing against them, right? Like how does, yeah. how do you deal with that dynamic? <laughs> and like, obviously they're your friends, right? So. Yeah, I'm actually very lucky. We, um, we all get along really great. Caitlin's one of my best friends. She's actually going to be in my wedding next year. Hey, oh, um, well, congratulations on that. <laughs> Engaged you. too. Look at that. Yeah. So, um, 
so we honestly, we have a great relationship and, um, so we're, we're able to, to push each other in, in that way, um, and keep each other on our toes. Um, but yeah, going in, <laughs> so going into the world championships, I tried not to look at the points. Like I tried not to focus on that aspect. Like I just wanted to go in there, shoot the best I could. And, you know, if I came out of there, you know, with or without a spot, I know I did my best. So, so when it came down to us too, we actually, I did not know um, when, you know, it, it came out that, it, that I would be the winner, but um, yeah, it was, <laughs> it's, it, it was just crazy for us to, you know, take gold and silver and um, she could not have been more supportive. It, it was so great. I think either way, if it was her or I, it was a win for, for USA. So, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's, um, it's different how it works. So for, for world cups, we don't typically have team awards, um, but for world championships, we do. So there's three of us that make up the team. So it was me, Caitlin Connor and Kim Rohde, um, that year. And we actually took team gold also and set or equaled the world record, um, <laughs> as a team. Very cool. Yeah. So at least so she, at least so you all got to celebrate together. I mean, obviously yeah. you winning gold or winning silver is incredible also. Yeah. Um obviously it's an unfortunate situation only one person could have went. I mean, it was right. you and you know as you said, she was relatively or she was very supportive and I'm sure if if Absolutely. it was vice versa, you would have been extremely supportive as well. Exactly. Yeah. Um and Caitlin's trying again for 2020, so I'm rooting her on. Um for sure. So Heck yeah. So I guess tell us um Tell us about the Olympics. What was it like? I mean, you got to go. You were very young at the time. I mean, you were, what, 23, 24, 22? I don't know, somewhere around there. Um, you know, it was a couple years ago now and, you know, minus a couple um, off 25. So tell us what that was like with the experience, the opening ceremonies. Just tell us, like, all the emotions and, and you know, everything that happened to you while you were there. Yeah, so um, you're correct. I was 23 years old. Um, I was the youngest of the shotgun team so there was uh seven of us and the other six had already been at, a, at an olympics so they were repeat oh, olympic cool. athletes uh -huh. yeah um so i was the only one that it was like my first time um so that was exciting it was nice to have teammates that you know have been there before and and uh knew what was going on um so all right. So again, let's start at the beginning. So, um, <laughs> I left, um, my home airport. Um, I think it was like August 2nd or something. Um, they brought us to Houston. Um, and that was kind of like our gathering point for all the U S athletes. Um, and we actually go through team processing. So, um, they sit us down and they, they educate us about uh, what we aren't and are allowed to do via social media, um, as far as like sponsors go, um, you know, all that good jazz that mm -hmm. we need to know. And then um, we go through and get um, all of our merchandise. So it's um, Nike and Ralph Lauren are one of the uh, two biggest um, sponsors of the Olympic team. Um, and then we had others like Omega and um, several others that were there. But um, they take us through and they give us so much Olympic apparel. It's insane. <laughs> um, 
you know, from like 12 different t-shirts to like 10 different pairs of shorts to five or six different pairs of shoes. I mean, you name it, um, everything from head to toe. So that's, um, the, uh, clothing that they ask us to wear during our time there Mm -hmm. at the Olympics. Um, and, uh, yeah, so we, we just go through and get all this amazing, um, uh, merchandise and get outfitted by these companies. Um, so do you, how many, do you show up with like three empty bags? Like how does, how does that work? So we, um, Ralph Lauren and Nike each gave us this gigantic suitcase. Oh, look so, at that. There you go. Yeah. We literally just walk through with our rolling suitcases and just fill them up. Um, and then we get fitted for our opening and closing ceremony. Um, uniforms so they tailor it right to us you know if our pants are too long our shirts too too loose they tailor it right to us um and it's fantastic i mean they're just they're so welcoming they're so um supportive and just you know all about true you know being cheerleaders for usa and uh so that was a fantastic time and then august 3rd um that was when i flew down to rio and uh again, you get there and, you know, you have to go through processing as far as going through customs and, um, and then they take you to the Olympic village. And, uh, the Olympic village is awesome because, um, it's just these huge apartment buildings pretty much. Um, and USA actually had their own because we have so many athletes. We had like 555, um, you know, plus coaches and, Mm -hmm. and, um, team support. Um, so yeah, so USA had its own building. Um, and then you can see like all the other buildings, they always have their flag out front. So you know where everyone's at. And um, it's just, it's so incredible because you're walking around with, with 10,000 other athletes that are there for the exact same reason you are. Um, and just these amazing human beings that have excelled um, to the best of their you know abilities in their given sport. Um, and just the atmosphere in general is just, you know, it gives, it gives you chills. Um, and then well, of course, what was it like knowing you were one of them? I mean, I know you you were young <laughs> at the time too, but like yeah. when, when did it hit you? You like you, as you just said, realize that you're with 9,999 other amazing <laughs> athletes. And then you right. kind of like, you're there too. What was that like knowing that you're one of the best in the world or something? It was unbelievable. I mean, it was humbling. I, I just, I couldn't believe that, um, it just kind of hits you like, you know, you've reached that level. And, um, I was like, wow, <laughs> I just, it was very overwhelming at the same time. Um, cause you know, I, um, I went through security customs with Serena Williams and, you know, during, um, opening ceremonies, I was talking to Michael Phelps and just, you know, these big names that you're like, Oh my gosh, like I get to call myself, you know, their Olympic teammates. Um, so very, very awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. Okay. I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I, you, no. I could tell I wanted to ask that question. So yeah, it was, it's, uh, it's a fantastic feeling unlike anything else. So very cool. Uh, yeah. And then, um, other than that, the, the Olympic village, you know, there's this gigantic mess hall where everyone goes to eat. Um, transportation is great. You know, they bus us around, um, to, to where we need to go. And, um, very secure. Uh, we had, I think like almost a two mile radius around the whole Olympic village that, you know, was, was blocked off, um, and secure. And, um, so yeah, everyone was so welcoming. Um, 
it was great. <laughs> how much, how much did you try and seek out either specific athletes or just interactions in general with some of these, as you said, Serena Williams, LeBron James's, you know, like there are some <laughs> amazing athletes there. Did you try and just go out and meet anybody or was there a specific plan of action? Cause I mean, honestly, everybody knows you might not get more than one. Um, you know, yeah. obviously we hope you do. And you were so young at the time that, you know, <laughs> 2020 is coming up right around the corner. You'll still be young, thankfully. Um, but like, what did you do? Did you have a specific plan of action or did you just let it wash over you? I, uh, yeah, I did not have like a specific, you know, I want to find this person. Um, we, we, you know, we were kept pretty busy as far as, um, you know, training mm -hmm. and then our competing. And then after that, we were, you know, kind of free to do um, whatever. But um, there's just, you're constantly surrounded by people. Um, but it was nice. I met most of them during like our, um, right before the opening ceremony, mm -hmm. they gather us in another stadium to kind of like prepare us and get us all organized to walk in, you know, in, um, in order by country. And, um, so that's where I met a lot of the athletes because it's just sort of this time where we hang out, talk to each other, get excited about walking into the stadium. Um, and then in the Olympic Village, um, there's also like different small restaurants and gift shops and there's like a barber shop and, you know, you name it, they take care of you, a nail salon. Um, so it's just kind of like when you're doing all these activities, um, you just kind of run into people. Mm -hmm. That's, that's how I went about it anyway. So super cool. That yeah. is, that is way too awesome. So <laughs> yeah. glad you got that experience. So yeah. what, um, I guess I actually kind of want to rewind just a second. At what yeah. point was like in your life was the was the olympics an actual either realization or like a possibility because let's be honest not too many people grow up i mean there are some but not too many people grow up it's like i want to be an olympian like okay that's yeah. cool um and that's cool and hopefully they get to be it so but at what point in your life was was this everything that you just described to me was that a real possibility or a real dream of yours it's it started pretty early to be honest i think um with shooting being, um, it's a good thing and, and like an unfortunate thing at the same time, we're kind of a smaller sport. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we're not as popular as say like, you know, basketball, volleyball, gymnastics, whatever. Um, so my first couple national competitions, I met the, um, <clears throat> excuse me, the shooters that had been, um, Olympians in the past Olympics so it's like this really small community um, and you get to know everyone from you know the beginners to the Olympians um, so uh, I think that's just great as far as you can you could talk to them and and um, pick their brains uh, as far as you know what it's like and um, so it did start pretty early for me but <clears throat> I think one of the moments that it that it really hit me that um you know that I need to buckle down and and <clears throat> make this a long-term goal was uh the 2012 Olympic trials um I actually won the Olympic trials in 2012 however at that time they only took one woman um for the Olympic team and Kim Rohde had already gotten that spot through that point system we were talking about before. So I was the alternate. So no way. Yeah. Yeah. So oh it my was, gosh. Um, yeah, it was a great competition for me. Um, I just, it was a lot of fun. I remember um, I shot great and 
and earned the title of alternate, which was cool. But, and so that kind of just lit the flame under mm-hmm. me, you know, it, it lit that fire. And I was like, you know what, this is, this is something that, that I really want to do. Um, and, and at that time I had just started um, my undergrad and um, I was at a school that um, on their shooting team, also Lindenwood university. Um, and I knew that was an environment that, uh, that I could really flourish in. Um, so yes, it all, it all sort of took off from there. That is cool. That is super. I mean, obviously, it's very unfortunate winning the Olympic trials, you would assume. <laughs> that, and again, this right. is why we need you to explain the qualification process to us, because I would assume you win the Olympic trials, you're going to the Olympics. That's incredible. Unfortunately, that's not how it worked out. But it's almost yeah. um, as you were talking about how, how a blessing in disguise kind of thing or, or a blessing and a curse that then lit your fire for the next games. And clearly you were ready to go and you won. And, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. thankfully you were able to go and have that experience that you just described to us. So, so actually, you know, obviously explained everything around the Olympics and everything you went through, especially those first couple of days. What was the competition like? Was it just another competition or were you, was it, were you, was it a little big for the moment? Like how did, how did you feel? Was there pressure, stress, any of that extra involved? Sure. Um, so I'll be completely honest. Like I was a bag of nerves mm-hmm. <laughs> um, during the competition. So I went. I went in to the Olympics trying, you know, trying to treat it as just another competition. Um, you know, just another day on the range, and that's mm-hmm. that's how I've honestly gone about um, the last several years. I've I've figured out that for me, treating it just like another day is the best way I can go about it because you know I've I've trained the hardest and the best I've can't I've could and, and um so to treat it like just another competition I'm just going out there and do the best I can so I figured it would be um similar to the world championships because you know that was such a high stress like high tension sort of um competition and um so I I felt prepared um but you know being out there in the moment it was <laughs> It was crazy how how um, nerve wracking it truly is. Um, so yeah, very very exciting. I was able to to channel the the nerves energy fairly well. I can't complain. Um, the nerves got the best of me a little bit in my last round, um, but overall, I think I handled it fairly well, as as good as I could yeah. <laughs> for that for that moment. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, um, I. I could not imagine what that's like. I mean, and I've been able to talk to multiple athletes now at this point, and some have said that they were able to just kind of treat, actually treat it like another day. And but yeah. most say like, especially the first one, it is. Yeah. Um, you don't. I mean, you can't. You can't prepare for something like that, especially. And it's 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 dependent on sport, of course. I mean, obviously with shooting, I mean let's be as you were saying before, it's a smaller sport. It doesn't get the same view, uh, you know, viewership. So now billion people around the world are watching you you know, know. it's like one of those things yeah. where you snap your fingers and now everybody's paying attention like, I watched you I know I did I think it's incredible yeah. um you know so it's just one of those things where now everybody's paying attention so I think it's cool and you know we appreciate that you went and represented our country and I, I you know I just think at that it's uh it, it's incredible in itself thank you yeah and it, it is it's so for shooting it's it's one day and you're done you know like some you know whether it's swimming or gymnastics they have like the competition over mm-hmm. several days and ours is is one day and you're done so you you kind of get like this one chance to to turn it on and do your best and um it's I right in the that, beginning too if i'm not mistaken right it's like that first or second day right 
Yes. Yeah, so, or it's relatively um, soon. No, you're correct. Yeah. So trap was actually before us. So trap was first. They were like the first day or two of the Olympics. And then um, I was August 12th, which was um, about a week into it. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So that, the other shooting discipline was first. Okay, cool. Because I remember sure. yeah. that's like always one of the first events I watch because it's always, I mean, it's, it's mm-hmm. on like daytime during, you know, NBC <laughs> during the day. It's like 11 o'clock in the morning. I'm turning it on. And I'm watch. I always remember that and archery, if I'm not mistaken, is usually um, kind of first, unless I'm just getting everything a little mixed up. So, um, yeah, yeah, super cool. But yeah, that's, I mean, so how did you, what was, so you had a little bit of time before and a little bit of time after, unfortunately mm-hmm. you only get that one day, as you said, what did you, I mean, before I'm assuming it was a lot of training and, and, and figuring stuff out, but you know, right. what did you do to, I guess, fill up the rest of your time? You can't train for 14 hours a day, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Unfortunately, so we didn't get to train a whole lot before that because of these other events going on. So, you know, there's only so much, so many fields, only so much room. So most of those um, competitions were going on and we weren't able to train until like a day or two before. Um, So we would go to the range, kind of just scope it out, you know, check it out, um, get our, get our bearings. And then uh, we would go support our teammates when they were competing. And, um, other than that, just kind of, you know, hang out, visual, do some visualization, do whatever we needed to do, just get our head in the game for the first couple days. Um, and then afterwards, uh, was a ton of fun. We tried to, you know, just be tourists for a while. So, uh, we checked out, you know, Christ the Redeemer, um, Sugarloaf Mountain, um, you know, the beaches, Copacabana, all that good stuff. Um, and then other events, of course. Um, so the way it works for athletes, um, it's kind of like a lottery system. You sign up for what events you want to go see. And then, um, depending on how many tickets are available, et cetera, um, they give them out, you know, as many as they can. So we got tickets to, um, diving, equestrian and women's gymnastics. Oh, or women in men's gymnastics. That's yeah. sweet. There you go. Yeah. So, um, so I was able to go see um, uh, Simone, Simone Biles and Lori Hernandez um, medal on balance beam. That was incredible. <laughs> we had awesome seats. Um, it was so much fun. And uh, I mean, the equestrian, I'd never seen um, that event before. It was amazing. Like those horses and riders are just incredible. And then, um, the diving was awesome too, because again, I'd never seen that in person. So, um, yeah, it was incredible. It was a really good time. That is super cool. And yeah, I'm sure after the event, like obviously, um, you know, gold is always what we're shooting for. And unfortunately we didn't get this time around, but maybe there's always next time. Um, but the pressure was probably off the stress. You didn't have anything to worry about. You know, you were done and you could just, as you (laughs) said, go be a tourist, go see all these amazing sites, go get to enjoy yourself. um, And then even get the opportunity to see some other amazing athletes do their thing, which Mm -hmm. is, uh, which is super cool. So that is great. So it sounds like you had a pretty amazing time at the 2016 games. Um, You know, as we said in the opening, you just received your master's degree. So congratulations on that. So that's, I'm assuming took up the last couple years of your life because I know that's pretty difficult. So what, um, what does the 2020 games look like? Where is the opportunity there for you? Is that something that is very well impacted and that's what you plan on doing for the next couple of years? Explain kind of, I guess, what, what the next two years might look like for, uh, for Morgan. Sure. sure. Um, so I, um, I've always 
wanted to work in the field of medicine. So I kind of took this opportunity. Um, <clears throat> uh, funny story. I actually got accepted into PA school like five days after I got back from the Olympics. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, it actually, I was on the waiting list for um, my number one program choice and uh, they had a seat open up the very first day. I guess um, one student didn't show up and they called me on like a Monday and they were like, hey, you know, we have a seat um, that opened up. You're welcome to take it. So I just, I had no, like I wasn't prepared at all. Um, so it was kind of just this thing where I was thrown into it, but I was very thankful for the opportunity. So started the next day, Tuesday. <laughs> and, um, and yeah, so that's kind of taken up the last two years of my life. Um, <clears throat> So as far as the Tokyo 2020, um, I don't have any goals set right now um, just because of um, I'm starting a new job in, in surgery this fall, and I don't know what my schedule is going to be like um, at this point in time. So um, it's kind of one of those things where I'm in limbo right now, which isn't my favorite place to be, but hey, um, <clears throat> I'm rolling with it. and um, so when the Olympic trials come around, um, hopefully by then I will have, um, vacation days built up. <laughs> nice. There we go. Need a and couple of those. I need a couple of those. Yep. And, um, and kind of like this, just figuring out what competitions I would need to go to. Um, if you know how I would need to medal to get again, those points or, or how I would need to, to place in the Olympic trials to get on the 2020 Olympic team. But <clears throat> Unfortunately, right now, it's not um, like this end goal, um, but I've always, I'm always, you know, keeping it in mind because um, I have been thinking recently about, about taking in another shot for another Olympics because um, it's kind of been eating at me the last two years. You know, I miss it. I miss the competing. Um, I mean, I miss being out there and um, I'm just such a competitive person. I, I miss it. And, uh, but um. Paris 2024, I think, is always an option. I'm Another definitely, one. Love yeah, it. Yeah. I'm definitely going to keep my mind open for that one. Mm -hmm. um, I think by the time I get myself established in my new job, um, you know, being able to, to save up some money so I can train the way I need to. And um, yeah, so, so I definitely am, am uh, keeping LA, or excuse me, uh, Paris 2024. Um, kind of you know on that back burner right now mm -hmm. but definitely uh keeping it in mind very so, cool and yeah that's yeah. very interesting you actually with your sport the being what it is like you have the opportunity to kind of I don't want to say take off, but like you can say, okay, 2020 might not be for me, but 2024 will be perfect yeah. because I mean and and I don't know how to say this without kind of sounding a little bad, but because your sport isn't completely dependent on being in the prime of your athletic career, yes. you have the yes. opportunity to just continue to practice and you can get better for a much longer period of time than maybe the track athlete that at 28, that's when their right. time to shine is you get that opportunity, which I think is kind of cool um, that you do have that. And you can say, okay, maybe 2020, I want to like get my footing as a person, um, right. figure out what I need to do because <laughs> if you then take off more time and then come back and now you're 28, 27, whatever it is. And, and you don't have any work experience, that whole thing is a little frustrating. So that yeah. actually, you know, so, so, Hey, do whatever you got to do. As long as you get to another one, I think that would be super cool. Cause yeah. you know, from what I've heard from a lot of athletes who say that, 
they might want to take off a little time, it starts to eat at them knowing that they have the opportunity <laughs> to go to the next one. And it's like, how can you pass that up? Cause it's so, it's so incredible of an experience as you've already explained to us, which I think right. is cool. So that actually really leads into another conversation that we'll pretty much just end the, uh, this interview with is the monetary aspect. So every episode mm-hmm. I try and bring it up. If, if, if it works itself in the, you know, understanding that not every Olympic athlete is making millions of dollars. Not every Olympic athlete is really making mm-hmm. enough money to just be an Olympic athlete, unfortunately. So what, um, and obviously we're not asking you the specific dollars you made, but if you could just kind of describe the monetary aspect of shooting um, the sport as well as kind of, you know, how it works for you, because it sounds like you need to save up money to train, which yeah. means to me, by just being one of the best athletes in the world, it's something you're not making enough money to be able to train. So if you don't mind just kind of giving us a good, a little insight on kind of how that works. Sure. Um, it is. It's so I guess I'll start with like the sponsor aspect mm-hmm. of it. Um, so as we mentioned before, you know, we're not like mainstream media sport. Okay. So, um, you know, we don't have those big time sponsors, um, unfortunately, but the sponsors we do have are awesome. And, um, they typically consist of like, um, the, um, the firearm manufacturers. So like the gun I shoot, um, is one of my sponsors, the, um, eyeglasses that we wear, um, the shells that we shoot, those are the sort of, you know, sponsorships we typically get. Um, so, and, um, they're not always in form of monetary support. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. sometimes it's, um, um, it's an incentive contract. Like, you know, if you medal here, you get this much merchandise. So it's not always that Mm -hmm. cash, that monetary, you know, support. So, um, but yeah, so so grateful for all the sponsors. The ones that are in our industry are fantastic. <clears throat> um, now, as far as like um, money from from let's say either USA Shooting or the USOC, the Olympic Committee, um, unfortunately, um, it's not. It hasn't been like black and white um, the last several years, and that's one of the things that I kind of don't like about Mm -hmm. um what's kind of going on um in that aspect so i would get like a little uh reward money for like one or two of the world cups that i won but not like all of them so it was never like set in stone or it was never um laid out to us like okay you win this you get this much or you know we'll support you here if you win here etc um after the world championships after making the olympic team i definitely got the biggest amount of support that um you know i was able to support myself with as far as just even living expenses and training expenses especially um because the um you know, the targets and the ammunition that we have to um, train with can get very expensive. Mm -hmm. And uh, even the firearms that we shoot, you know, upkeep um, with those and uh, travel expenses in general um, can really add up. And so it is, it's a lot of um, your, your own kind of you have to support yourself most of the time until you, you start getting on those, you know, national team, the world cup team, Olympic team, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So I would, you know, the, during my undergrad years, I would work all summer long. So I would work 
uh, um, during the evenings and then train during the day Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, and just get, you know, these little small jobs that I could to kind of help support myself throughout the rest of the year. And then I don't think I personally could have done it without the help of um, my undergrad shooting team that I was on. Mm -hmm. Um, They paid for a lot of our training and a lot of our travel expenses to the different competitions that we went to. So that was helpful in general, being on a shooting team in college. Um, so there, there's a lot of aspects to it. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, it sounds like there's a lot going on. Um, yeah. And, and I, I also, I, I can understand the frustration on your part of with it not being set in stone or just not having everything laid yeah. out. It's like, just let me know what I need to do so I can get the support that I need. Cause again, yeah. you're, you're representing our country. I think that you deserve at least that. I mean, at a minimum, like, um, just an understanding of what you need to do. Uh, like, I think that's right. not really asking too much. Um, but that's without getting too deep into to that whole side of the argument. Um, you yeah. know, so I, I also think it's kind of ridiculous <clears throat> that you can be one of the best in the world and at a time, the best in the world at something multiple times, or at least the best right. in the country, and um, not really be getting the support you deserve to continue to train to represent our country at the the highest possible level that you can. Um, so it's very frustrating from my point of view. And that's always why I bring this conversation up because I do think that you guys as you guys and girls as Olympic athletes deserve significantly more recognition. And that's why we're doing this. And hopefully we can start helping the, um, the money cause a little bit too, and uh, maybe get you guys a couple dollars on that side as well. Yeah. And just another thing, um, like we, so USA shooting has to like fundraise our own money and, mm. I'm honestly unaware if, if other sports are like that, like the other like um, governing bodies, like, you know, USA basketball, USA volleyball, um, because we, you know, a lot of countries get support from their government um, w- with money. And um, so, yeah, so USA shooting has to do all sorts of fundraisers um, to, you know, to help support us because, um, when we do go to these world cups and everything as part of team USA, they do pay for everything. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. they pay for all the travel, you know, they give us a stipend for food, all the um, competition fees, et cetera. You know, that's paid for when we're representing to team USA. Um, But yeah, that's just another aspect. Mm -hmm. um, We kind of have to fundraise our own money and, um, and that can be hard at times. Yeah, of course. but yeah. Absolutely. And again, that's just, uh, it's very frustrating, but thankfully you were able to get through it. Unfortunately, yeah. it kind of is going to affect your uh, decision for 2020, it sounds like, because as you were saying, just kind of nonchalantly, you have to get a job, see if you have vacation days to potentially take off for something like this. Yeah. You need to save up the money to be able to train, um, which is, again, you you went to the Olympics. I think that that shouldn't have to be something you need to do. I think at that point we should be supporting you and saying, okay, she's already very, very good at what she does. Um, why don't we give her the support she needs so she can become even better, represent our country and potentially, you know, make us one of the best in the world at something if we're not already. So it's a, it's unfortunate. Um, but you know, hope thankfully, um, we have people like you that are, are willing to go through that and represent us at the, the highest possible level. So we sincerely appreciate that. And, um, Morgan, just, I mean, thank you so much. This was a great conversation. I really appreciate you letting us uh, letting us learn a little bit more about you, what you've been able to go through, what you've been through, and, and some of the things that are coming up for you. So thank you so much for your time today. We appreciate it. Sure. Thank you so much for having me. It was nice talking to you. Thank you. Have a wonderful day. You too. Thank you guys very much for listening to this episode of Our Athletes with Morgan Craft. 
She was, as I said in the beginning, and as I'm going to say now, very awesome person. I had so much fun talking to her and really getting to learn and understand what she's going through. Um, I think just one point that was really cool that, you know, she can almost, you know, congrats to her on the engagement and, and, and soon to be wedding, but she can almost take a Olympic cycle off because with shooting and the ability that you can kind of, um, come back, jump back in and, and, and do your thing one more time. So we're super excited for her. We hope she does whatever she's got to do. And we hope we get to see her one more time, at least at the Olympics. But other than that, guys, make sure to follow her across her socials. Everything will be in the show notes. Mine as well at ourathletes.us on Instagram. Shoot me a message, Michael at ourathletes.us. If you want to send me an email, I know it's old school now, but hey, it is what it is. Tell me some of the things that I can do better. And if there's one thing that I could ask of you is if you could please rate, review, share, or subscribe the show, because I do think that all of our Olympic athletes and hopefuls deserve a little more recognition. And that's just one small, tiny little thing that you can do um, to get the, the message out there a little bit more. So thank you guys so much. Sincerely appreciate you listening. I'm sure Morgan does and all the other athletes do as well. So thank you guys. And I hope you have a wonderful day.